Welcome to the FCC Podcast. Hear all the stories, worship, and teaching from Sunday service. Want to connect with us or learn more about FCC? Visit us at FCCETown.com. When I stand accused by my regrets And the devil roars his empty threats I will preach the gospel to myself That I am not a man condemned For Jesus Christ is my defense My sin is nailed to the cross My soul is healed by the scars The weight of guilt I bear no more Praise the Lord, praise the Lord When the doubt and shame came over me Like the arrows of the enemy Run again to Calvary, that rugged hill of hell's defeat, my fortress and my victory. My sin is nailed to the cross, my soul is healed by the scars, the weight of guilt I bear no My sin is nailed to the cross My soul is healed by the scars Now I'm alive forevermore Praise the Lord, praise the Lord It is finished, sin is vanquished Hallelujah, praise the Lord His blood will plead my innocence And I will worship Him with holy hands And raise the song that never ends Of Jesus Christ, my righteousness My sin is nailed to the cross My soul is healed by the scars The way no more Praise the Lord Praise the Lord My sin is nailed To the cross My soul is healed By the scars Now I'm alive Forevermore Praise the Lord Praise the Lord Oh praise the Lord Praise the Lord Of your king and with trembling 
gave anybody money up to like $20, he just kind of had in his head that he never expected to see that money come back to him, okay? It was just, he wasn't going to let that amount of debt that somebody had ruin a friendship, okay? So he had that threshold that was kind of always going to be there. And you probably have a threshold like that as well. You may not have defined it. You may not have a line drawn in the sand, but, but you kind of have a certain amount of money that if, if you loaned it to somebody and, and it didn't come back to you, it wouldn't bother you. What isn't going to be the end of the world. But on the other side of that threshold is a whole bunch of money that you couldn't forget and you couldn't let go. Okay? In the same way that we do that with finances, we, we probably have a similar threshold or line drawn in the sand when it comes to emotions and hurt that people have towards us or that people bring to us. There is this line that, boy, if they go over that line, it's gonna be hard for us to let it go, hard for us to kind of forget about that, hard for us to just move on. For instance, if you have somebody in your life who um, maybe is talking to you and they get your name wrong, Okay, when they're talking to you, they call you by the wrong name. That is something that maybe you can probably let go. Okay? You can get over that. You can forget about it and just move on. 
But then if that same person were to lie about you, tell stories about you, turn you into a monster in the eyes of other people and ruin somebody else's opinion of you, that's way over the line, way over the threshold. And you probably wouldn't be able to kind of let that go and forget about that and not let that bother you anymore. The, th- the threshold matters. Knowing where that line is matters. And the threshold actually matters to the words that matter for today, because the words that matter for today are these, I forgive you. I forgive you. Now, whenever we talk about forgiveness in church, I I think most of us are okay talking about it and, and applying forgiveness to things that are on the smaller side of that hurt threshold. Okay? If it's in that area that it's easy for us to kind of let it go, then we can talk about forgiveness in just those things. But once you cross over the threshold and you get into those other areas where it's a larger amount of hurt that has happened and a larger context of hurt that has happened, it is so much harder and in some cases unimaginable to think about us saying the words, I forgive you. Because there's just people who have hurt us so severely We're not sure we could ever get those words out. We know that about ourselves. We have people in our life who have hurt us. And I don't mean that they've said some hurtful things that in the moment were hurtful, but we've kind of gotten over it. I mean they have hurt us on the other side of that threshold a long way. There are some of you who have been through a divorce. And to say that it is a divorce and a relationship that hurt you is about the smallest way we could say it. Because this is somebody that you thought you were gonna spend the rest of your life with and you were committed to and you were devoted to. And then you found out that they were not as committed as you were. Or there's some of us who are here who have experienced or maybe are right now experiencing a work situation where there is a, a... a boss that is being unethical or inappropriate. And because of that, they kind of keep everybody captive through fear and through intimidation and through authority. And, and they're just kind of in this place where you feel trapped. And you may even have hate towards them. Or there are some of us who are here who are sitting in or who have sat in homes where your parents didn't treat you very well. Parents that have been intentionally or unintentionally hurtful or absent or even abusive. And it has left you damaged and it is attributed to a horrible childhood that is left rattling around in your head. And there are others of us who are here who know the hurt of having a dear, dear friend betray our trust. And so when we hear these words that matter, I forgive you, we're very comfortable talking about the short side of the threshold, but when we get on the other side, and we hear those words, oh, you should say, I forgive you. You would say back to me, yeah, but you don't know what I've gone through. And you don't know the hurt that I feel. And you don't know what's going on right now. And actually, we could have you come up on stage right now and you could tell your story and everybody here would be on your side. And everyone here would feel awful for you that you have gone through this or that you're going through this. And I actually don't know the level of hurt that is attached to your story. But I do know that forgiveness is absolutely overwhelming. Let Let me give this away early. This is where I hope we're going today. This is what I hope that we can all walk away with today, and it's this truth, that receiving forgiveness from God 
sets us free. That's the incredible story of the gospel. But saying, I forgive you to others, keeps us free. Okay? Receiving forgiveness from God sets us free, but giving forgiveness, saying, I forgive you to others, keeps us free. And because Jesus knew that about us, and he knew that that was something that would need to happen in our lives over and over again, he challenged us, even modeled for us, that forgiveness is something that we needed to give and that we would give it liberally. There's this conversation that happens between Peter and Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, and here's how the story goes. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, just to be clear, the reason that Peter said it that way is that what was accepted by the religious elite was that you would forgive somebody three times. So Peter is kind of coming to show off his spirituality and say, look, I think it's probably appropriate that we double that and add one. We'll go seven times. Is seven times enough to forgive? Jesus goes on. He answers, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In fact, there are other tellings of this same scripture that says that Jesus actually said 70 times seven. And can you just imagine trying to keep track of how many times you've forgiven somebody? The the same person making sure that you've got that all figured out. You know, okay, that's one, that's two, until you have to all get all the way to 490, okay? That you could actually pay attention to how many times you're forgiving someone. I mean, you would lose count at some point and just kind of give up on the whole process, which I believe would Jesus point in the first place. That it's not about keeping score. And that it's not about keeping track. But instead, it is too freely and liberally forgive. But here's where our hesitation comes in. This is why we find it hard to forgive. We find it hard to forgive based on what we think forgiveness is. Okay, Because of what we think forgiveness is, we are kind of unwilling to forgive. So for us to understand what forgiveness is, I think we have to first understand what forgiveness isn't. Okay, so here's some isn'ts when it comes to forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't forgetting something happened. Okay, whatever has been done to you, whatever words have been spoken to you, whatever action has hurt you, is not something that any of us want to see repeated in your life, including you. And so to forget what has happened to you is unnecessary. If you were to somehow forget that moment, you could easily find yourself right back in the same situation. The hurt that has been done to you may actually need to stay in your brain to remind you to set some boundaries when it comes to finances, to set some boundaries when it comes to your career, to set some boundaries when it comes to your relationships so that you don't find yourself in the exact same place again. But though we don't forget it, it should not limit us from being able to say to someone, I forgive you. Forgiveness isn't forgetting, but forgiveness also isn't ignoring the consequences or condoning someone's actions. I've heard this one a lot. This one gets said back to me on reasons that that I just, I can't forgive them. I can't get over it, okay? And, And most of the time where I hear that is in my own head because this is, this is the one for me. That's a struggle to offer forgiveness because I don't want anyone to somehow suspect that I am condoning what's been done to me. My biggest fear is that if I say I forgive you, I'm afraid that somebody is going to hear that and interpret that as me saying, you know what? What they did wasn't all that bad, wasn't all that wrong, and I was wrong to be hurt by it. And so since I don't want somebody to get that story or hear that message, I don't want to forgive someone because I'm afraid it's going to come off that way. But in fact, saying I forgive you doesn't condone any of those things. In fact, when I say I forgive you, it doesn't even mean that I'm willing to stay in a relationship with this person who has hurt me so severely. It doesn't even mean that 
that I'm required to kind of stay with them and, and hang with them all the time. In fact, forgiveness may require you to get away from that relationship of hurt. But here's the part about I forgive you that matters. Without forgiveness, okay, without us being able to say to that person who has hurt us, who may not be a part of our life moving forward, without our ability to say I forgive you, that story will continue to spin in our brain. And we will continue to relive that hurt over and over and over again. One last isn't. Forgiveness isn't contingent on someone acknowledging they are wrong. A few weeks ago, the words that mattered that we talked about were the words, I'm sorry. And those are powerful words and they are meaningful words when, when we speak them, when someone speaks them to us. But those words are not your captors when it comes to your hurt. Okay, in other words, you don't have to wait for someone to say they were wrong or for someone to say they are sorry to you before you can say that you forgive them. And in many cases, you know this, if you're waiting to experience freedom, because you're waiting for somebody who's hurt you to admit that they were wrong, and you're waiting for someone who has hurt you to say and come to you and say, I'm sorry, if that's what you think is necessary for you to experience freedom, you are never going to experience that freedom in so many cases. So, forgiveness isn't forgetting, and forgiveness isn't condoning, and forgiveness isn't waiting for someone to say they were wrong. That's what forgiveness isn't. So what is forgiveness? Well, Jesus tells this story in Matthew chapter 18 that really sums up forgiveness for us. It gives us a definition. The story in Matthew 18 goes like this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven Jesus said, is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him, get this, 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Okay, I don't know what 10,000 bags of gold translates into. Okay, You can't find the definition of what that is. I think what Jesus was wanting to say was it was a whole lot of money. Okay, that was the debt that was owed. It was more money than you've ever made in your life. It's probably more money than collectively we could put together right here in this room. That's the kind of debt that this servant had to the king. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. 10,000 bags of gold. The guy claims that he's somehow gonna make up those 10,000 bags of gold and get them back to the king over time, even though at this point he's not been able to raise a penny. And the king decides that what's necessary is that his whole family be sold off to pay for the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. And then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. 10,000 bags of gold. A debt that this guy's begging to be given more time so that he could pay it back even though he's shown no ability to do so. And the king instead sets him free. And so here's what we learn about forgiveness through the story. Forgiveness is the willingness to let someone go free. This was not a minor amount of money that this king forgave. Okay, this is not my college professor saying, hey, if somebody borrows a 20 from me, I'm gonna let that go. Okay, it is much more than that. It is way on the other side of the threshold. So how do you get there? 
And if that's what Jesus is kind of laying out is here's what people who follow me do. How do we get there? How do we get to a place, not just in the small circumstances, but on the larger side of that threshold where the hurt is enormous, how do we get to a place where we say, I forgive you? Well, I've got a few suggestions. Here's the first one. Pray for them daily. I can tell by your response that you're really psyched about this one, okay? Pray for them daily. These are the people who have really hurt you. Okay, these are the people that when I said someone who's hurt you on the other side of the threshold, it's the first face that popped into your mind and you're gonna pray for them daily. And just to be clear, the, the prayers that we're talking about is not to say, God, I pray that they die a painful, agonizing death in a meat grinder accident, okay? That, that is not the prayers. That's not gonna get us where we're trying to go. When we say pray for somebody daily that's hurt you, it's not easy. But I can tell you that as you begin to pray for God to have mercy, and you begin to pray for God to watch out for that person and to take care of that person who has hurt you, your heart will begin to soften towards them. And again, praying for them doesn't mean that you are rekindling your relationship with them. And praying for them doesn't mean that you are condoning what they did or that you're forgetting what they did. It doesn't even mean that in praying for them, you're seeking out a time where you can just go and, and hang out with them again. In fact, here's what praying for them does mean. Prayer, praying for them means I'm trying to work through relinquishing my perceived right to get even. Because that's what we want to do. That's what pops into our head is, how do I get this person back for the hurt that they have caused me? And what we're saying to God in our prayers, God, I need you to take that away from me. I need you to carry that. I need you to carry that burden. I need you to carry that and lighten that load for me. So number one, we pray for them daily. Number two, stop pretending to be perfect. A lack of forgiveness starts when you are unwilling to place yourself in the shoes of the person who has wronged you. Because we start to buy into our own press. We start to listen to our own press that we're spouting off and things that we say like, I would never hurt somebody like they have hurt me. I would never do that to someone that I know, someone that I respect, someone that I love. I would never act that way, we tell ourselves. And maybe your circumstances and maybe your experience has brought you to a place that would actually very much help you if you were in the same situation. But you're not perfect either. The Bible actually makes that very, very clear. The book of Ecclesiastes says this, indeed there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. Going over the New Testament, Paul said the same thing in the book of Romans where he said, look, there's no one righteous. No, not even one. And again, this doesn't mean that you're condoning anything that's been done to you. It doesn't mean that you are nullifying the hurt that you feel by admitting that you're not perfect either, but this is how you get to a place where you are able to say to somebody on the other side of that threshold, someone who has actually really hurt you, I forgive you. You pray for them, and you stop pretending that you're perfect. And then, maybe the largest point of all, something that the whole Bible spends time summing up for us, both Old and New Testament, the reason that you forgive is because you've been forgiven. And there is nothing minor, nothing small about God's forgiveness of you and God's forgiveness of me. 
the, the sin debt that we have with God is insurmountable, immeasurable. And were it not for the grace and the forgiveness of our Heavenly Father, there is absolutely no way for us to move forward. In fact, it's, it says in Psalm 103:12, he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. That, that phrase, as far as the east is from the west, is again, a, a phrase about something that is impossible to count. You cannot define what the distance is between the east and the west. It's, it's again, back to how many times you forgive, 70 times seven. It's not a measurable thing. It's not for us to measure. It's not for us to keep score. It's not for us to keep track of. The reason we forgive and, and, and the liberality with which we forgive is because even when we were in the, ver- the worst version of us, God reached out and he forgave the hurt and he forgave the animosity that you had towards him. So if he's done that for you, why would you not do the same for someone else. The story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 18 of this very wealthy king who forgave a servant unfortunately doesn't end there. It continues on and here's what it says, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins, okay? Now, we don't know how much 10,000 bags of gold is, but it does not even begin to compare with 100 silver coins. And he grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. Those words should have rung in this guy's ears because just a few minutes ago, he said the exact same thing to the king. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and they told their master everything that had happened and then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? Just as I had on you. Because we have been forgiven. Insurmountable mountain of sin. Forgiven by our Heavenly Father, even though we were way on the other side of that threshold. Because we have been forgiven, we forgive. A few minutes ago, I I intentionally gave you only a portion of the definition of what forgiveness is. Here's what forgiveness really is. Forgiveness is the willingness to let someone go free and then finding out that that someone is you. Those words, I forgive you, have power to change lives have power to change hearts, have power to change people, have power to change directions. And sometimes the one that all of those changes comes to is you. I want to read a letter to you and close with this. It's written to an inmate almost 30 years ago. It says this, Dear James White, A few days ago was the six-year anniversary of my son's death. I call him my son because he lived with me for much of his life. I'm sure you remember him in some way or another because you're the one who murdered him. David Vaughn, July 28, 1991. It was very difficult for me and my family. 
I had spent three years being a caregiver for David's mother, and she had just died of cancer a year before. And now six months later, I receive a phone call that David was dead. His brother was devastated. To this day, he says that he didn't only lose a brother, he lost his best friend. David also had a brand new baby son that God had blessed him with. The baby was 10 months old. He never got to see his son celebrate his first birthday, or any birthday for that matter. David also had two daughters. One is now in college, and though she is an extremely bright girl, she is having extremely hard bouts with depression because her daddy is gone. The rest of the family tries to help, but there is an emptiness in her life that no one else can fill. Now, what I want you to know today is that other than these painful things that you've brought upon my family, I want you to know this, that I love you and I'm going to forgive you. How could I possibly do less? Because God loves you. And because I'm a Christ follower, I humbly follow his guidance His word tells me that he loves us no matter what we've done or how bad we think we are. And we are to love one another no matter what the circumstances. Now you may think that you're a mess, but you are special. And God's able to pick up the pieces of your life and move forward. And God wants to be your friend. And nobody, trust me, nobody will love you like God. Because I know that God brings love and joy into our lives if we let him, I suggest that you set aside the next year and just let God love you. Just approach him like a little child would. Crawl up in his lap and let him love you. Through his son Jesus, he can fill that empty hole deep down inside And he can bring rest, and he can bring peace, and he can bring so many wonderful things. Sincerely, your friend, Nancy. The Huffington Post, oddly enough, followed up on this story. A few years later, they interviewed Mr. White, who said that the letter changed his life. He said that Nancy's words of love and forgiveness let him know, and this is a quote, that he was redeemable. God is looking for us as people who are in the mess of this world to step into the thick of that tension of hurt and hatred in our world and offer forgiveness. And remember, there is no hurt that is so deep that it cannot be healed through forgiveness, through you saying, I forgive you. And sometimes through those words, I forgive you, you let someone go free and that someone turns out to be you. It's a decision, but it's not an easy one to make. But it is a decision that says, when you say, I forgive you, when you decide that you are going to step into forgiveness, that you're saying, this stops with me. This ends now. The pain stops here and now. The bitterness stops now so that love can do its thing. May we never forget that forgiveness from God sets us free. But saying I forgive you to someone else keeps us free. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we we thank you and we praise you 
for who you are, for the love that you have for us, and there is so much hurt that we have caused you, and so much hurt that you have forgiven us for. And yet we live in a world of hurt, and we live in a world of jealousy, and we live in a world of envy and hatred. We live in a world of pride. And so many times those pieces of our world have hurt us and they have hurt us far beyond the line of what we know we can handle on our own. So God, I, I ask for your help. Would you help us to take whatever steps we need to take so that we can get to that place knowing full well what forgiveness is and what it isn't that we can say to someone who has hurt us, I forgive you. And God, we know that in in many cases we are setting someone free when we do that, but in some cases we're even setting us free. God, we thank you for the example that you have given us. The example of forgiveness that we find in Jesus Christ. Would you help us to forgive for those who have hurt us in the large context of this world. And we thank you for Jesus and his example and his teaching. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you'd stand with me this morning. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, as the leader of your life. Maybe you don't, you have not yet experienced his forgiveness in your life. Today can be that day that you say yes to Jesus. Today can be a day that you say yes to him and are baptized in his name. And if that's a decision that you need to make today, we invite you to walk right down these aisles here in just a moment when when we're singing. Or, Or maybe you're here and you wanna be a part of this church here at First Christian, if that's a decision that, we, that you have, we invite you to come for that as well. We have folks who will talk with you and pray with you about those decisions. But there are a bunch of us here who have experienced the forgiveness of our God. And we have a moment right now where we get to worship and we get to praise him for what he has done for us, what he has modeled for us that we can continue to pass on into this world. May we lift up our voices in praise and worship to him. If you have a decision to make, we invite you to come. May we worship him right now. So oh. 